Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Cast and Craig Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Phoenix Rods. Um, today's guest is Terrence Christopher. So Terrence started 976 Tuna uh, along, I think, with Phil Friedman also and, and two other people, he says in the podcast. But uh, he has a very, very uh, good story. And he's also a very intelligent guy, man. Very well spoken. Uh, we talk about conservation. We talk about uh, all kinds of stuff. Uh, marketing, he's, he's super smart. He kind of did something... No one was doing at the time, I think. I don't think a fish dope was around yet. Um, he said all coast was kind of around some other ones, but he had, he had a super, super good story. Thanks again, Terrence, for coming on. If you can check out the Patreon, um, this month is the three depths, the giveaway. And also this will be the last time you could get in on this one for this week. So it starts over May 1st. Um, also, if you can uh, go to YouTube and subscribe as well as iTunes, Five-star review would be great. And I think that's about it. Next week will be Kelly Popo. Uh, Pupo, I'm sorry. And uh, that was a fun one. I can't wait to put that one out. It was a lot of fun. So thanks, guys, for listening. All right. You can hear yourself good? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Perfect. Nick. All right. Welcome to Cast and Crank. Today we have someone I've been trying to get on for a while, uh, Terrence from 976 Tuna. Thanks, Nick. It's great to be here. Yeah, and you're a local guy, dude. Yeah, uh, <laughs> born and raised, La Habra, uh, La Mirada area. Yeah, uh, for 47 sure. 47 years. Nice, dude. And, uh, you do, you, I mean, what you've done, your company, let's talk about that, I mean. So 976 Tuna basically was envisioned in 1985. It was uh, Professor Pete Hoffman, a guy named The Heeb, and Philip Friedman, and they uh, saw a need for the market for independent boaters, private boaters, to get information to go catch fish. And so they put up a 976 tuna number where you would call in, it would be $2 a phone call, and had tremendous success. Um, moving up through 1985 and into the 90s, we had a lot of porn in that industry, the 976 numbers, and the cell phone companies actually blocked those numbers so a lot of our market <laughs> we were basically being mar marketed out by the, the cell phone companies okay. blocked out and in 1999 uh, philip was struggling mm -hmm. and i saw that i had a great passion for fishing and i was a programmer so i asked him if he'd like to make a website with us uh, and we kind of came together and joined forces at that point and from then on out uh we've Pretty much, I don't want to say we revolutionized 
fishing information on the internet, but we were definitely one of the founders. What, um, growing up, what made you want to get into programming? Like you grew up kind of like in a same kind of area <laughs> I did. So it was like, I, you look like a hard dude, man. I'm not fucking kidding around. So it's like, how could you be like, what's up, homie? I'm going to go fucking program some shit right now. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah, you don't totally. look like you'd be getting into that. Uh, so during my youth, I was, uh, out there fucking around constantly in the process of my youth, I, I had a five driving on suspended license. I, I didn't really give a fuck if I had a license in my pocket or not. I would jump in the car and just take off and go wherever I wanted to. Yeah. And that actually caught up to me as I got older. And in the process of not having any wheels and having a computer, um, I had to make a profile so I could pick up on chicks, right? <laughs> So this MySpace, bro? Yeah, pretty much. You know, the MySpace days, you know, you have to make a profile. It was actually AOL days. So okay. you, you'd be on AOL and you'd be in it's a chat messenger, room. Bro. Yeah, you'd be in a chat room chatting with all these broads and guys and they'd be all, oh, what do you look like? Well, okay, let me send you a picture. Well, I got tired of that and I was like, oh, let me look at HTML. I stumbled on HTML somewhere on the web and for a dyslexic, shitty school person like myself, I didn't do well in school at all. Yeah. Um, it was just normal. I looked at it and I was like, okay, this is, this is like English to me. And it was real easy. So then I started making profile, uh, my own pages. So then when broads would be all, Hey, what do you look like? I'd be like, well, here, here I am. You know, this is all about me. And that's kind of where it started. When I saw that, how easy it was, I was like, okay, well. So how did you figure that out though? You just kind of like, do you know I, what I'm saying? Like, I looked at it. There's no it was, Google, though. There's was, no Google. There's no fucking YouTube. So it's kind of like it was you normal. just saw it. I just saw it. I just it, saw it. Okay. Code looked. Uh, it, it was it was like it really taking it back to symbolism. Code is symbolism. Okay. You're using a symbol before you tell something to do something and then end the symbol. And symbolism was, was just natural within me. So I looked at the code and I was like, oh, this is fucking easy. You know, people get paid a lot of money for this. I actually interviewed at Power 106 for <laughs> the webmaster job. But I, like you said, I think I was two gangsters sitting across the table. <laughs> so they passed on me, which was a great thing because uh, in the process, I opened up a web hosting company like GoDaddy. Um, I wanted to, you know, be the GoDaddy of Orange County, Orange County Servers 1 and and have 10,000, 50,000 customers. And in the process of building my business to 150, 200 people that were hosting it, I started getting a lot of phone calls and doing all the tech support for them. And, and this was no did, no schooling? No schooling. You gotta be fucking kidding. That's so, wild, dude. So I, I got tired of talking people, how, <laughs> telling people how to do stuff and doing tech support. Yeah. And changed my business model to going after businesses that needed to upgrade into the technological uh, times. This is any kind of business. Any kind of okay. business. And taking them and partnering with them so I have a percentage of their business as far as it goes on the internet and being virtual. And that's where basically me and Philip kind of did that. We did a 50-50 partnership. I said, I'll make you a website and we'll, we'll be very successful taking your information off of the phones and then providing it via the web to everybody. You, uh, you were fishing at the time as well, like when you met Phil? Yes, Okay. Yeah, not not any caliber. I mean, you're a poor guy from La Habra. Uh, Were you fishing the local lakes? Or pe just more like... Piers. Piers, okay. Yeah, I mean, 
how I got introduced to fishing was a single mother, always at daycare or fucking off at home by, <laughs> by myself. Latchkey kid is what yeah. they called us, right? So I was at daycare, and uh, the guy at the daycare in La Mirada took us all fishing to La Mirada, Little, uh, La Mirada Lake, and we caught uh, bluegill on Kraft Velveeta cheese. Yeah. Well, during the process of that, I, you know, oh, I got bored of that, of course, being a boy, and, you know, we're impatient. But <laughs> that goes back to the youth fishing. We'll talk about that later. But, um, he gave me a crappie jig. And so I threw, threw out a crappie jig and started winding it in and, and got lucky and ca- caught a crappie. And so from then on, that point on, it was like, oh, okay, I'm a, I'm a water guy. Okay. And in, in high school, I played water polo, swam. Oh, nice. You know, did, did stuff like that as well. So uh, always kind of drawn to the water. It's not like we live by the water. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's like how you kind of got into the fishing portion. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. And so I was already into fishing. Uh, had another friend Gary that that was affluent because he worked hard and had businesses and stuff. He he took us on our first tuna trips. We would go on three quarter day trips and catch barracuda. Go over to Catalina Island, bass, that kind of stuff. Okay. But for the majority, we'd go down to a pier and buy some anchovies and try to catch a mackerel. I mean, that's that's kind of where the baseline. Okay. Um, did you? So when you say you're trying to do the thing with the companies. Did that fan out in the beginning before you started 976? It did. And it just blossomed that 976 Tuna was such uh, an extraordinary idea and uh, deserved so much more time and effort that we kind of phased out a lot of the other stuff. We still do websites for people, but uh, for the majority, we only work on our own stuff. That way, we're just coding for ourselves and our own benefit. Okay. At the time, though, you had the little, like, uh, before Phil, you did have a little... You're getting you're you're making money off of it. You're like, yeah. fuck, it's Orange it's County Server One. Yeah. Yep. Wow, that's wild. And and at the point, <laughs> my mom actually got me a job at Raytheon, so I was working on wide area augmentation system, the Waz <laughs> Waz system. So I what got the hell is that? Wide area augmentation <laughs> system. You're like, hey, remember that thing we're talking about? <laughs> I don't fucking know what the fuck that is. So it's GPS guidance control. Uh, we use it on all our boats to tell us exactly where we're at on the boat. And at that point, uh, we were using it mainly, uh, it was a military project, but we were using it mainly to figure out how, at, at what area the plane is geographical so that they could land in weather or anything. So up to a two or three meters, it was good back then. Now it's two or three centimeters. You, so you helped design that? I didn't help design that. I was an operator of that system. Oh, fuck, dude. So that system basically had, oh, gosh, 200 uh, satellites that orbit around the Earth. And then we had four or five satellites that orbit with the Earth, geosynchrony satellites. So we would communicate with those satellites. Basically, you, you have this in space, and you get, or, or this, this, this is the boat, right? Okay. And then you have satellites up in space. And then you take a computer and you say, how much distance is the time from here to here? And you'll get a distance measure. You do it three or four times and you get an exact position. Okay. So it was a cool project. Is that what they use like now with boats? Absolutely. That's Oh, so you were kind of like on the cutting edge of it. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. (laughs) Already. Sorry. No worries. (laughs) But you know, so now that's what they use, but you saw it happen before the sport where they weren't using it in the sport. It was just being put in. They had GPS, but not WAS. Okay. GPS was the beginning of the project. WAS is an extension to give better corrections to get better data. 
what do you think about that for the sport boats? Because I've heard like people say different. Um, so now people can sign up. I forgot what is it called. I'm not big on the sport boats. Oh, you know, you're talking about like fish dope or something no, like that. No, what do they call it where you can see where all the boats are? Sport oh, boats. the AIS. Yes. Okay, yes. That's part of the AIS, so, correct? It, it's similar to AIS. AIS is doing the same thing, but we're with radio antennas and ground based okay. units. Okay, and, and it's not triangulating. Your AIS unit within your boat is getting a GPS position from whatever hardware you have and then sending that via an encrypted UFH. UFH uh, back to the land, and then that's in- aggregated into a program, and we see it. Everybody like, can see everyone yes. when there's a boat, well, which is terrible. Yeah, nobody. No, has, saying, you- nobody as a fisherman wants to broadcast their location. Do you think that there should be like so? I, I think it was either Aaron or Marklin was saying, you know, it doesn't matter the boat size, like if it's like a seventy, sixty, whatever it might be. It, you know, you got to put it on. Yeah, I think it's eighty foot and greater. Okay. Uh, seventy-five foot and greater, something like that. I don't know. It's it's around that, and then the boats that are smaller than that don't have to have the AIS, so they get around. <laughs> they get to ghost fish, is what what I say. And I think the Coast Guard right now is lenient to a point to where is you can turn your signal down maybe a little bit so it doesn't broadcast all the way. So once you get a 10, 10 miles away from the coastline. Uh, you're not displaying to the rest of the people. Yeah. But yet, ten people, the people within ten, 10 miles, miles of, of you, you yeah. can still see you. So people could just follow so, you on a fucking boat. Yeah. yeah, AIS is great for shipping lanes, harbors, things like that. You want to identify a, a fog, a, right? You, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, as we're pulling out, of, I have a, a, a boat in Pierpoint Landing, and as we're pulling out in <laughs> shitty conditions, you know, the AIS and the radar. Are the radar first and foremost, but AIS is going to tell me what what all those big shipping, but uh, you know all those big boats that are in the harbor. Did you get that job from your mom? Like, did you know how to do it before, or you just she kind of hooked it up? No, or? she knew I was computer illiterate, and so I really had a, a, a talent for picking up anything that has to do with coding or computers. And there was a position open, so narcissism played its role, and Terrence got a job. No, but it's—I mean—it's <laughs> super fucking wild for me to like hear you tell me this. Like when you're, uh, you didn't go to school for it. No. It's amazing. No. You're a fucking genius, homie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's pretty—it's pretty crazy. And and I, and I, also, people don't—you're not out on the internet a lot. Like kind of, you know, showing what you're doing or anything right. like that. So this is super interesting to me hearing like. Fuck, man, you, you're a smart guy. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. No, so, and, and I think, you know, anybody can do it if they take the time to actually just sit there. And, and I had plenty of time because I had no license. No, I was <laughs> I was trying to find a girl. You know, I didn't have much stuff to do. So that, that kind of just clicked in. And, and it's kind of carried over to the rest of my life. But it is what it is. <laughs> so when you started uh, the 976 Tuna, this was before, this was the original call in line finding out um we'll site now uh, finding out information from the boats um you made it work for a while too with the sport boats and the fleet boats so like kind of talk about your yeah you're talking, you're talking about you know? private boaters yeah and, okay so we had two revenue streams when we started out in 1999 that's when we brought the website to to the public uh, one was the sport boats and advertising for the sport boats so that people could go fishing. And then one was just directing people with their own boat where to go fishing. And keeping those two different markets um, 
from impacting the other or killing each other, it's pretty difficult, you know. Uh, I think we we did direct the private boaters away from the fleet a, a few times, and it, when we know that they could get it done and get it, make a catch somewhere else, and we don't have to necessarily pile all the boats in one spot. Um, but it was difficult. It, w- it was not easy. The sport boat guys, especially when they get a bite and they're struggling to get people on the boat, and then all of a sudden you're telling all the parkers, so for, you know, Jeff Marklin and his parker <laughs> bunch, <laughs> you're telling the parker bunch that follows the Thunderbird around uh, where to go fish, it, it becomes difficult. So um, with the exception or when Bloody Decks and that kind of stuff came around and we had some other competitions, I actually ended that service that way. We didn't, our, we didn't mess around with our bread and butter, which is the fleet. Um, so that, now you just keep it with the fleet on the... That's it. We work for the fleet. We're a pro f- sport fishing entity that is here to highlight the fleet. And yeah. if I, you know, I've gotten some flack in the past, well, why didn't you report on this boat broken down and almost sinking and so on and so forth? And it's like, well, that's not my job. Um, my job is to highlight the fleet. And I'm perfectly honest with telling you that um, I want you to go fishing because I think fishing is fun, even on shitty days. Yeah. So give us a full breakdown on the site, like when you first started doing the layout. Oh, gosh. Uh, you know, like, what was the plan in the beginning? What did you really fuck up? Like, you're like, ah, that didn't work. <laughs> I had pretty much carte blanche to do whatever I wanted, and I saw that uh, there was a need and, and a want from the individual users out there to actually hear it from the horse's mouth, not to hear it regurgitated. I'm not, I don't like secondhand information myself. So I saw an opportunity to present different uh, senses. We can reach different senses. I can't reach your nose through the computer and stuff, but I can reach your eyes and I can reach your ears. Yes. So I I was already reaching your eyes. I wanted to reach your ears. So that's when we introduced audio reports. And that just, that made us pretty much. Because we could take an advertising platform and take that audio report, now you're listening to the, the customer or the vendor or whoever, the sport boat, and you're also display their product is displayed right in front of you. So it's a no-brainer. It was really easy for them. That's that's a very smart move on you, on your side. It's kind it of like, why wouldn't you, you know, want to right. be part of that yeah. in a company? Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're listening to the Thunderbird. I want you to see... Davy's Locker or the Thunderbird website so you know how to book, you know all about the boat, you know who's on the boat, whatever you need to know, the information's right there for you. Did you, so did you kind of, you and Phil, I like, kind of lay this all out together and kind of... Um, uh, no, no, he, he was pretty much the sales and okay. the, the front man for that. I don't really like to be in front of the camera or <laughs> talking. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, but... So I, I pretty much had carte blanche on that stuff. Okay, so just, you were kind of yeah. – the, the only reason I'm asking is like it's interesting to see the layout, ideas. I did – I never – okay, up, like you know? said, I was never formally trained. Okay. So when I made a website, I made it how I wanted it, how I wanted to read it, which broke every fucking rule of web design. And people would be all like, hey, you know, your website's fucking awesome. Or they would say, hey, I hate your fucking website. <laughs> And listen, that same person that said, I hate your fucking website, was overwhelmed by the amount of information I was feeding them. They would come back a month or two later and say, I figured out how to use it. It's the fucking best thing ever. 
And I'm like, thank you. So, so where other websites would put up little shit on the front, tease you to click here and here and here and here and here and here. And so then that finally, is the ad placement, ad placement, ad placement. All that okay. nonsense bullshit. I eliminated all that. I put our website looked like a newspaper. So if you read something, you got the gist of it. If you wanted more detail, maybe you could click Page on seven it or whatever. Or you <laughs> could, li- yeah, you could listen to the audio and get it straight from the horse's mouth. I wasn't trying to make people bounce around and get more page views or more revenue sources from ad impressions. I couldn't care less. I just wanted to provide a good information source to the public. So the, the cool thing that I hear you, which I'd love to do one day, I love having sponsors. Don't get me wrong to make your own <laughs> ad revenue. You don't have to depend on fucking anybody to you, you. That was what you wanted. Kind of. It, that's what it worked into. But yeah. you know, don't you feel like that way you don't depend on, you depend on your people that like the site, I, not a, not someone that's paying you money to put on. Right. I wanted to have ads that were relevant. Yes. I don't want you to look at a Viagra ad on 976 Tuna. They were or, good, man. Or- <laughs> <laughs> Cialis, bro. <laughs> but, you know, other competitors, and I, I bitch and moan to some of our vendors, our advertisers about this, but other competitors that they also advertise with, I encourage, I want the market to be huge, and I love that we have competition. I don't have any problem with that. Um, the problem that I have is they devalue their advertisement by putting five cent, 25 cent click ads in between all the information that are, is not even relevant to the content matter. So thankfully we, we got this, the fleet to support us and through the fleet support, I can aggregate their advertisement, which is relevant to people that want to go fishing or say, for instance, ace line hauler yeah. or, or whatever the, you know, fishing syndicator, whoever the company is. Uh-huh. But do you, when you did all this, you kind of, uh, you were on the like original platform of this because there wasn't really anyone else doing that with the website at the time. No, so I, your bites advertisement, on, bites on all coasts, fish dope or, or bloody decks wasn't even around at that point. Okay. So then you had to figure out your advertisement. And this is probably getting a little off topic. It's more interesting to me. <laughs> Only because I feel like I'm doing something sure, a little sure. different now like you sure. did. Uh, you had to figure out your own worth almost. Absolutely. You know, and, and tell yes. these companies yeah. that probably go, hey, we don't want to advertise on some stupid. <laughs> what's a website? Right. We're used to a magazine or, you know, <laughs> this is bullshit. And they, you, you go, well, I got to show you. It's worth it. And show the numbers. How do you get how do you get the people to get on board with you? How did you do that? Like when did it finally click and you go, "Oh wow, it's it, working with you." It's uh when the people were on the boats telling the captains what the other boats caught and how shitty they caught. <laughs> that's when it really clicked to everybody in the fleet like, "Oh fuck, everybody's on 976 tuna constantly." Um, you know, this guy's on the back deck and I just got cell service and he's saying that this boat has 15 yellowtail and we don't have a yellowtail on board and we're at the same island. What yeah. am I doing wrong? And they're all looking at up towards the wheelhouse like, who, who did we fucking come fishing with? <laughs> and that's not to say anything about the captain. It's no. just, you know, you got to be in the right place at the right time. But uh, that's probably when it clicked. And when we first started, it's like you said, it's like, well, we don't want to. It's just a fucking website. And then. We got popular, and then it's like, okay, I know who you are. And now it's become, an again, kind of to the point to where when we hit up new vendors, they're like, well, everybody has a website. What are you doing different than everybody else? I'm like, well, nobody's – have they been around since 1999? Let me know. 
Do they yeah. Have a, do they have a public of 2.5 million unique fishermen that come to the website every Fuck, year? Dude, I don't think so. Lot. Yeah, that it's is a tremendous so amount. And there's a core group of fishermen in California that's probably around 50 to 150,000. And then the rest of them are just guys that it's summertime, it's hot, let's go fishing, let's check on this. Or, you know, my buddy said the tuner biting. So it's only the reports are only from the boats now. So you're only reporting from the boat. Um, not coordinates, nothing like that. It's just kind of fish right. report on the boat. It's, we're just we're just reporting what the fleet is doing, trying to drive people to go fish and patronize the fleet. Yeah, yeah, because that's like a that's a hard one. Like we're, I've had, we're like I, we're like the milk campaign for the farmers. Straight up, yeah. The ESPN of sport fishing is nine seven six tuna. <laughs> there you go. That's that's, a, that's, that's a how good, I like to good tell call. People. Yeah. And now, when do you? How do you think? This is a good question. We're running this site this whole time. You've seen a lot of things come and go. You probably saw the message boards come with places like Fishing Network, and that's kind of gone now. Uh, Facebook kind of has been floating around, but I feel like Instagram kind of changed a lot. Instagram changed a lot, and then Instagram is purely symbolism. We're going to go back to the first language of human nature is symbolism. Yeah. So a symbol, a picture, uh, very simplistic. I think it dumbs it down a little bit. But it is what it is. We're we're uh, simplistic creatures. As much as we want to think we're complex, we're not really. Yeah. Did so. that did that get, have any effect on the site? Um, not really. And and I think that the more that those social networks filter and uh, try to draw lands lines in the sand, so to speak, whether it be politically or or uh, environmentally. Um, the people who build their market on those platforms are at risk. Right. So that's the one thing that I tell people is like, yes, you, I want you to do Facebook and Instagram and those things are very important. But at any time, those entities can take your product and flush it down the toilet. I had a very good friend that built a closing company, had 1.5 million unique uh, users on Facebook and because he said something politically that Facebook didn't want, they pulled all of it and his group and everything. God. Spent $150,000 marketing this, lost everything. Now, if he would have directed that traffic to, to his website yeah. and used Facebook as a, a, a round ago, to, you know, bumped his information on Facebook to bring people from Facebook to his website, I think he would have been better off with his advertising dollars instead of investing everything into that entity that at any point could say, no, we don't want you here. See, that's a hard one. So it's like anybody, <coughs> someone that's making YouTube videos, someone that's doing podcasts, someone that's doing... We're now, what if YouTube does the same thing? We're seeing it then tremendously right now. Politically, if you're on the wrong side of the spectrum right now, you are completely unmonetized and and you're shadow banned. So yeah. as, a, as a programmer, I can make all your friends see your stories, but none of your public. So yes. I, could, I could shadow ban you yes. anytime. And yes. it'll look like, oh, your stuff's going out. And where's my market gone? It's disappeared somehow. You think and you think they're doing that with fishing companies as Absolutely. well? Absolutely. Really? Just as you say something that's environmentally they are not on our side. They are not yeah, right. on our side. They don't like what we do. We're at the bottom. We're okay. We're not the low hanging fruit so to speak. We're yes. at the top of the tree. So they're not going to go pick us right away. But they'll get rid of the gun groups, they'll get rid of the political groups, they'll get rid of everybody else. 
when they're done, who will they come from? It's very similar to what the Jews said about the Nazis. You know, we watched this guy go and we watched this guy go. And then all of a sudden they were all on boxcars. <laughs> right. So you wonder how that happens. But we're watching kind of it and we're watching it right now. Are you uh, into conservation a lot? Absolutely. So uh, do, you, do you follow up on the whole 30-30, all that? Have you? I think it's all complete bullshit. Yeah. They're just trying to take our land away. Yeah. I'm a conservative conservationalist in the sense that I don't go hunt and fish anything that I don't necessarily want to take home and eat. And if I'm there... A great example is you pull up a lobster that's 15 pounds. It's got a bunch of eggs on it. Oh, it's a 15-pound lobster. I'm hungry. <laughs> no. No. Let me just say no because throw that thing back. There's 15,000 larvae that comes out of the, the, the eggs off of that, and you can go down your string and pick another one. And you have to do what's right for yourself, you know. I was a big believer in that, you know, fishermen really can't do any damage hook and line. And then I was talking to Marcus on, on the new land and he said, Terrence, you're fucking absolutely wrong. We've devastated areas with hook and line. And I'm like, well, that's not a perspective that I had. So explain it to me. And he's like, he did. And I'm like, okay, well, then we need to look at those areas and conserve properly, fish properly, hunt properly in those areas so that we don't do that because we do want to pass it on to our, our next generation. No, I, this is this is really interesting to me. Like, when I first really got into surf fishing, they closed Laguna. Right. And that was a place that I loved to fish, man. It was so good. Do you feel like that kind of needed to be done, or was that just because no. Laguna needed? No. Lagu- the people at Laguna the, didn't want you on the shit. The people on Laguna didn't want to see us <laughs> fishing lobsters or surf fishing from their fucking beach. Yeah. Spoiled little bitches. <laughs> that, How about it, some of the cat closures or some of the... the uh, uh, I'm not, I don't see, I don't see the benefit. And, you know, I talked to the, to the guys that are in there, uh, specifically over at, at, uh, USC that, that run a lot of those projects and albeit there is a little bit more fish there and they're a little bit bigger. Yeah. The reality of the fact is those fish swim right out of the closure zone and go to other places where they can get caught. Fish take up residency depending on conditions. And as a fisherman, you better use your senses to figure those conditions out before you look at your electronics. At least that's my rule. You, uh, that's a, that's a good point. You're talking, but you're talking about that earlier as well. I feel like you had a great story too. Like you lobster fish a lot. Yeah, we lobster fish. You you know, and you had to change it up. You you really have to, taking it back to lobster fishing, we were fishing lobster really heavy and, 2014 to 2019 and in the process we had an el nino well you used to catch lobster in 180 pound 180 feet to five feet okay all right so now they're not there well where'd they go i know they're i know they just didn't just disappear nobody caught them up so like i was telling you earlier what do you do you call the old timers well who was on the water in the 80s when we had el nino in such warmer conditions Let's talk to them. Okay, well, what did they do? Like I told you, they added 100 feet to their shots and fished deeper. Well, in the process, I bought 400 yards uh, of shots, <laughs> and I wanted to see how far it went. So I'm I'm on the Department of Fish and Games website, and I'm looking, you know, <laughs> what is the habitat of lobsters? And it says, oh, they don't go below 280 feet. 
all right, well, let's go set in this 350 feet canyon and see what happens. Boom, full pot coming up. So we just started destroying them on places that weren't typically fished, except for back the old timers figured it out. And shoot, you just got to switch it up. Going back to conditions and using your senses, first and foremost, there's been a couple times when, or you just have a malfunction on your boat. Oh, the sounder's not working. All right, well, do we go home? (laughs) <laughs> no you don't go home you yeah. use your sensors you know yeah. wh- which way is the kelp laying uh you know uh, how about how deep do you think you're going you know where you're at right now is this a typical is there structure underneath me the things that you've learned before you reference those as well as the current conditions those are the best things that are going to help you finding fish and i used to tell that to the, to our gps members i said i can give you a spot but if the conditions aren't right when you go to that spot and you don't know how to, you don't know how to read that spot, you're basically paying me for nothing. You're going to watch the other guy that's next to you that knows and understands how to set up his boat in that spot during those conditions, catch fish, and you're going to wonder why you're not doing it. Do you have stuff that's informative like that too? That we did, we did. You yeah. know, like private boater stuff. You know, set up on this spot when you have an uphill current going in this direction and when it's downhill current go on the other side of the kelp yeah so on and so forth yeah we have a lot of work huh you know you really have to have a lot of respect for the guys that are out there day in day out because they know that shit with the back of their hand yeah and when you're going out once a week or twice a month you're really at a disadvantage because you don't see a lot of those conditions so it's hard for you to learn yeah so, I mean, uh, that's really cool. The sensor, like you resetting yourself almost and going, okay, what do we do? What did you do before Google read a book? Right. What did you do? You know, like, I mean, when I, Absolutely. when I started becoming a recording engineer, I'm, I have books. I gave away stacks just reading acoustics. Okay. What do I do? Okay. I got to kill the room like this, you know, and I'm totally doing it wrong by doing it outside, but this is what I got to work with right now, right. <laughs> you know, but it's a, resetting yourself like we're talking about that's a great point of view now when you say the dfg they say this is the standard do you think some of these people don't know when they're putting up stuff and they just don't know that much about fishing like because you say they said 250 they don't go deeper well that's incorrect right i gotta take a deep breath before i say this (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the The only thing is I'm looking, is there, is there, do you think the DFG Uh was a great organization? Yes. Up until about the eighties and the nineties. Now we have the DFW now, different organization, different structure, different agenda, different uh, goals. Now the, the, the work that the department of fishing game did in the fifties and sixties scientifically was impeccable. It was awesome. Calico bass, setting regulations for the species, uh, lobster regulations, so on and so forth. Excellent, excellent stuff for the longevity of those species. Now, with the paid science and preconceived uh, ideas that are presented to the scientists, they can manipulate the data to get this legislation passed, which may look like a good thing and stuff like that, but not necessarily. Yeah. And the bass, I think the bass is a a good example of that. When they took the bass and went from 10 to 5 and then changed the limit. Hey, guys, since we're talking calico bass, I thought I would talk about what I use when I'm out calico fishing. I'm a big fan of the Phoenix Ultra Swim Bay Classic line. 
My go-to rod right now is the USB-711ML. I feel like that rod's a pretty versatile rod. I use it for just about everything. You can go check out that rod or any other Phoenix rods at your local tackle shop. Thanks, guys, for listening. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. And 12 to 14 after that. Correct. Right? Yeah. Now, if you dive Catalina Island and you go to the rock quarry and you go over every single ro- uh, rock, you're going to see little calico bass about this big to six inches. And then and they have their little holes and they chill out there and they move from area to area around Catalina Island. Mm-hmm. The amount of biomass on the smaller fish up to 12 inches and greater than 12 inches to 14 inches is huge. We're gonna. I'm just gonna estimate here that it's probably 65 to 75 percent of the biomass. Okay. Now you have the smaller fish that's 15 percent, and you got 10 to 15 percent of the bigger fish that's 16 to trophy size calico bass. Okay. When you change the regulations and you're taking those 14 inch and bigger fish, the kelp only holds so many of those. Like if you calico bass fishing, yeah, you might get into a ripper of bigger fish. Majority of the time, you're going to catch a bigger fish off these kelps. It's not going to be all the smaller fish, so on and so forth. When you pull up on a kelp, you're getting all 12 to 14 inchers or 11 to 13 inchers, schools of them. That's the biomass, in my opinion, we should be taking from. And maybe, possibly, I don't mind. uh, So you're saying take like a slot limit from the 12 to, to 16. I think you'd be fine. 12 to 16 and maybe taking uh you know having eight to ten of those instead of having five of the bigger fish okay, yeah okay that are that are less of the biomass and are going to provide more eggs and more breeding but they don't necessarily see it like it i a lot of their regulation is actually to prohibit us from taking stuff yeah and the best example of that right now, and I love the guys down with the, the green shirts, don't come target me on my boat, <laughs> um, is the spot prawn. Spot prawn fishery for anybody south of Point Conception uh-huh. is off limits unless you have a commercial fishing license. The reason being is you read, read the regulations, you can't have any opening in your spot prawn trap bigger than an inch. Well, the spot prawns are an inch and a half wide. <laughs> <laughs> so theoretically, it's impossible for them to even swim into your trap. And the way, the reason why they do that, I've been told, is so that uh, they don't have any cross-fishing between the lobster fishing and the spot prawn fishing. My honest opinion is it's because they don't have enough deputies to monitor the situation because those two species live in completely different water columns. Spot yeah. prawn are 600. And spot prawn to- is not open. 
uh, he's in the same as as a. Uh, it's open, but good luck catching one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, for commercial guys, they can fish it all year long or however. Yeah, I, I believe so. Mm-hmm. When did they change that regulation? I don't know. Uh, when I wanted to, <laughs> what do you got? Well, up your ass to fish spot. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I love spot prawn. They're delicious. They're the best. I yeah, mean, don't even have to cook them. You just eat them. Just peel the shell right off and yeah. eat them. So I wanted to catch spot prawn. I wanted to set my spot prawn gear and then go into the island, catch my lobster or my fish, then come back out, pull my spot prawn gear, and go home. Yeah, but impossible for us. I could set the gear. I just won't have anything crawl in it. Two nets or two, yeah. So calico bass, similar situation. That uh, makes I think that makes complete sense to me. What about yellowtail? So I've had a couple people on have different uh, views on it. Evan Salva had a view to say make the slot limit three. Some sport boat guys are going, no way. That's five is the way we got to do it because we got to be able to. Here's the ethical question that I'm going to pose to those people that want to eliminate some of the limit for some species. Yeah. I myself came from a very poor neighborhood. Didn't have money to get on a boat, and if I did, maybe it was once or twice a year. So for my $25 license, uh, back then I could catch 20 bass, let's say, if I went on two trips. Yeah. The guy who owns the boat, who's implying these regulations need to be put forth... Probably goes fishing once a week and catches a lot more bass than the guy who only got 20. Yeah. So economically, he has more chance to that resource. And he he can be in that spot and say, okay, I don't want you to only take five or three yellowtail. But the reality is, is that he's not living in the same perception as the other person. I get what you're saying. If you have a boat, it's a completely different... You know, that guy with the boat can go out there and slaughter five calico bass a month. And at the end of the end of the month, he's got 70, 80, or the end of the year, he's got 78 calico bass taken. But yet he doesn't want the other guy on the sport boat to take 10 on one trip that he can go on. I love how you made the example uh, super relatable to like everyone too. You know, like it, that could be anyone. That could be me. I have a boat, my buddy. He'll, you know, fish from the jetty or whatever. I can go every time and catch five or whatever. Right. You know, so that's just the advantage. So the question is, realistically, is what is our uh, what is our stake individually in the fishery? And there is no answer to that with the current regulations. Yeah, they do have something in in the sense of that in in hunting. They have tags. Yeah. So that, uh, you know, again, it's. They have to look about look at it the feasibility of enforcement as well. So before you pass a law or anything like that, changing fisheries, taking it to tags or something like that. Yeah. But that's the real question. And every time I kind of see these people that want to change the regulations without any scientific backup just to make them feel good, I kind of look at them as snobs because they don't necessarily know the position of the guy who only gets to go fishing once. Yeah. So you're going to tell him he can only keep two Boccaccio and five reds and the rest of his rockfish, and then the guy who goes out every weekend is coming back with that same limit but every weekend and takes way more resources, but he's the one that's preaching, oh, we need to change the limits. Yeah, that's a that that makes complete sense to me. You know, especially the calico bass thing that slot went like that, having a, a 
those sizes, I think that would be great. You really have to go back and look at the earlier data that the scientists did in the 50s and the 60s. The fishery hasn't changed that much. I think that the lobster data that they did was impeccable. The calico bass yeah. data, it's still relatable to the, today's day and age. But we do have some different environmental things that are changing. And I don't, I'm not going to say it's climate change or any of that bullshit because that's all used to tax you and whatnot. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, the ocean has very, very long cycles. So the deep water or ocean current takes about a thousand years to make it around the globe. Okay, we might live a hundred years. <laughs> maybe. <right? laughs> we have data that's maybe a hundred years old that's good. It's iffy anything past 50 or 60 years old, the, 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 the specifics of it. Did they see this? Can you see the sand bass when that came and left? Yeah. Is there data when it came back and left again? Or you don't, you don't know? Well, you can look at 976 tuna and see the sand bass when, when they got depleted. And a lot of that has correlations to the Mexican ways of fishing it. Uh, they take... And have evolved in taking that sand bass and feeding it to the bluefin tuna and other things. Not oh, whole, really? but okay. putting it into pellets and, and changing the form and using it as a, a feed source. You don't think they're getting up here then? That's my opinion. Okay. Yeah, no, they, they basically fish them in a four by eight box. So you take two four by eight pieces of plywood and make a box out of them with some two by fours. And the sand bass pile in there. They go pull the box up. <laughs> And they got two, three hundred sand bass, and and then know, what do they do with that? Uh, obviously, support their family. No, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, sell it at local fish yeah, markets. Okay. It, some of it becomes feed. It's the same sort of situation that our saners do. You know, depending on the quality of the fish and the market at the time, that's going to dictate where it goes. Yeah. Um, do you remember when the whole bluefin thing happened? Since you were kind of in the whole nine seven six tuna was big. Yeah. Doing it at the time. So do you remember I mean, it changing, everything changing a little we've bit? We've always had a bluefin tuna fishery from Southern California. It's been down the coast, Guadalupe Island. There are some famous old guys that used to dive for them out there. Crazy son of a bitches. <laughs> but anyways, I digress. And then down off to Rosa, Rosa Banks, which is uh, just north of Cabo San Lucas. Okay. That whole area has, has had big bluefin tuna in the past down to the 80s, 70s, 60s, all the way till current. Um, the phenomenon that we're seeing right now, uh, you could throw out lots of different theories. It could be a 100-year cycle. If you read Zane Gray and those kind of people, they were picking on this stuff 100 years ago in their books. Damn. Um, it could also be because of environmental pollution. I mean, we did have a huge environmental accident in the main area of japan where these fish hang out so yeah. did they just say hey this place is fucking polluted we're out right and skip over to the west coast i don't know is it a hundred year cycle i don't know and again the, the cycles of the ocean are so long and and so much data that it's crazy how you're can saying you do this it? it's like how what do we what do people really know because Not you're much. seeing everything the first time yeah. so like even with conservation, like I had my mindset on a way, like I would be like, oh, I'll take this or that. And you, I mean, even you saying like for Calico, like, man, it'd probably be better if you probably be better something like this or even anything, just think it a different way. And even if you research, it's like, look to see if there's that cycle again. So it's like, has there been this cycle before? Right. Within 20 years? No. Right. No. 50? No. no. Well, then this isn't even, we're not right. done with it. You no. know, like, no. And I feel like maybe people don't look at that. 
as well. You know, maybe even researchers don't even fucking look at it like No, again, a lot of the science nowadays is just, you know, the the person who's paying for the science is going to come up with a preconceived idea, give it to the person who's doing the science uh-huh. with the objective of getting those data points so that it meets that conclusion. Yeah. And that's a problem because we're not getting real science. We need real science to maintain and and and, and manage these resources. One of the biggest things that uh, that this year I'm concerned about is the lack of kelp. The lack it, the water's fucking cold. Yeah. And normally when you have the water fucking cold, yeah. there's kelp fucking everywhere. I went to Santa Barbara Island and I went up by the arches where there's normally a, a nice big kelp bed right there. Yeah. And it was laying down because we had a ripping current, but there was only like five or six feet of it laying down. Shit. And we were in 45 to 85 feet of water, depending on uh, where on the reef. Yeah. That shit used to be all the way up to the top. You pull up to the reef off archers. You'd look at which the way the kelp's going and you'd figure out which way you're going to set your boat in there. No, those conditions are not visible to us right now. And that phenomenon is happening all the way up the coast of California, which is concerning. So what has changed? You know, we don't have uh, the, the, the predatory sources that would go after the sea anemones and the other things that are a detriment to those, uh, those forests. Um, so how do we rectify that? I mean, those, as a fisherman, I, I know we need kelp. Yeah. I want to catch white sea bass at Catalina <laughs> Island. I need some kelp. Right. So that's concerning to me. And, you know, we've had a long warm trend um going back to 2014 uh but we're definitely out of it this year you know we're not seeing the same sort of things that we saw the last four years the red crabs pretty much gone yeah. I haven't seen very yeah. much of that uh a tremendous amount of krill the last time we were out at santa barbara island big giant shrimps as big as your your pinky you know i didn't i saw it we were looking and uh, i was with uh, whitney ueda you know whitney mm-hmm. And he's like, look at the krill. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, because yeah. he's a smart guy. And right. I'm like, oh, shit. That's a different environment. Yeah. Yeah, that's not going to be your warmer wa- water environment typically. So those are the things that we as captains and people that are paying attention to it, we just have to write that down and note it. <laughs> so when we see some circumstance because of it, we can have an explanation or try to form an explanation by the data. Are you a part of the CCA? Uh, no, and I don't really have nothing against them. No, no, I just wonder because um, I feel like you're you're such a uh, well-spoken guy. Like, for conservation side, I would be I wor- cool for you. I to worked work. with the United Anglers for a long time. Okay. I did their website for free gratis and, uh-huh. and thought that was a great cause. And some of the things that they did work on were, were great. Were they before TCA kind of? Yeah, okay. United Anglers was the CCA okay. of, of uh, sport fishing in, in California, but... Uh, some shady shit went down there, and the people who were running it were going after things that I think I would ter- term softball stuff instead of dealing with real issues. Like again, a real issue is that we who pay for our sport fishing license can't fish spot prawn below <laughs> point uh, pointer, you know, point Vincent or no, uh, the point up top. I can't remember, but anyways, yeah, we can't do that. So. Um, that's something that I would like to see these legislators, you know, take back our areas and fight for it and instead. And I'm not going to say this isn't a bad idea, but the yearly long not license, like you're going to buy a year in June, it should be good until June the next year. Well, that's pretty much just blatantly obvious. 
Um, that should be legislation that's easily passed. And yeah. that's one of these softball things that I think these organizations pick up. And so me being kind of the, the chola little white guy, uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to hit softballs. I want to hit a home run. I want to get something. I want to Well, maybe something. there's something you could – there's plenty of dudes that would back this. You know all the guys. I mean, it's just getting the right people to, to speak the right way. I mean – I've never been on a CCA thing. I've had Wayne on before and Chris, and they're great guys. I just don't know a lot about it. You know, I repost the AB3030 thing. I I did try to get someone on that could really break it down to me yeah. at the time because I didn't know exactly, and I don't – It's I'm a not land gonna, grab. And I'm not going to jump on the on a bandwagon, right. repost everything, and talk about something I don't know. I right. I need to fucking know. No, you know and, and they're doing some good stuff. Yeah. They're doing yeah, some good stuff. They are filling a void that needed to be filled. Yeah. You know, regardless of my criticism, when United Angler left, the oh, the anglers of Southern California and, and Northern Central California basically didn't have a voice anymore in the legislative process. Uh-huh. Um, so we need a voice. Uh, and finding a direction that everybody agrees on is definitely that, that's another that's another whole fucking story, you know. <laughs> should we should we go fish Catalina, Comeni, SBI, San Nick? You're gonna get forty different answers. Yep. Um you so when you're doing the site, you work from where where's the cutoff? Is it like you do the whole West Coast? Do you do East Coast stuff? Oh we, we focus uh we used to do Baja and we used to do uh Texas. We were a little bit into New York and stuff like that. Uh, now we're completely focused on Southern California. So our geographical area is basically from Ensenada all the way up to San Francisco. Okay, cool. So you do go up north somewhat too. A little bit, a little bit. It's the, they have their own little niche up there in San Francisco, but Channel Islands all the way down to San Diego, yeah. we have all that information on a daily basis. Yeah, and then you just have captains calling, do their deal. Call them. We call them. They call us. We have a dispatch in our uh, in our office which is awesome because uh you know every boy likes to play walkie talkie <laughs> breaker breaker five dog. breaker breaker five five i'm over check check one two uh, you done some other shit too as well you said you uh did some radio show stuff you've done yep. filming we've done radio shows we've done uh tv we've pretty much any media venue magazines print um radio show was with philip and uh you know, radio was that on an actual radio? What station? Yeah, was on? Uh, the Angels Broadcasting Station. Oh, okay, the one now. So it was good, but the problem being with our industry is that those media platforms, whether it be on Clear Channels radio stations yeah. or on a major, even KDOC or on a, on a you know Fox Sports West, their advertising or their excuse me, their costs to run our shows are just astronomical. So. That's where me and Phil basically had a, a huge physical, uh, you know, a disagreement because I looked and I said, look, the fleet can't afford this kind of advertisement and media. And he said, well, we're going to do it anyways. And I said, you do it. You sign your own name. I'll help you with my yeah. services, but I don't want nothing to do with the physical responsibility. And if you make money, great on you. And uh, you no. you're more about 
the fleet. Well, I, I, I looked I, at the internet as a free platform. Why am I going to pay? No, hey, yeah, Clear that's Channel. What I'm trying to say. Why am like, I going to play Clear Channel forty thousand dollars every three months or Fox Sports West one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for my airtime? <laughs> that's fucking just crazy, to just dude. to make money myself. You know how many boats? I, I mean, I'm going to ask ten grand from each boat just to be on a radio show for one hour a week. <laughs> I didn't see the value because they could call me three hundred sixty-five days a year. 14 hours a day and reach the same market and ours is dynamic you only get one hour i'm going to talk for one hour after that is done yeah if you change up your schedule you can't go back in that one hour recording and change the advertisement no we're dynamic we can do whatever we want yeah it's like i tell our advertisers on 97629 i go i'm charging you for the billboard advertisement on the five freeway what you can make out of our advertisement is huge compared to what I'm charging you. Yeah. It's dynamic. I'm charging you. To, the guy sees your banner and says, oh, okay, there's the Thunderbird or Davies Locker or whatever. But when you call in and you present your dynamic advertisement via voice or text or whatever, you can change that on a daily basis and you're going to get way more publicity and exposure and that works into sales mm-hmm. in the long term. Yeah. That's super interesting to and a different outlook is like doing doing those shows like that. You got to pay for that advertisement. It's huge, right? Well, so like to, you got to, to like digress, a TV show. Like when you were talking about, you know, like how did you get started advertising at yeah. the beginning? How did you set your value? Well, we had to set our value, and you just got to go in there and, and do it, and then stick with it. And I kind of lost my train of thought, but. <laughs> <laughs> hold on let me light another cigarette but yeah <clears throat> so no we were talking about like so you you people come in you say the billboard advertisement so then right. i'm asking about like the tv you you have to pay for that time slot then yeah you you can't afford it your advertisers can't afford it so you're not so gonna you make gotta money find or... an advertiser that wants to pay like 50 grand for the year or whatever and these are the problems see my advertising is not based on any one big advertisement we have had big advertisement bass pro contracts for 30 dollars a year Damn, that's great etc but those are the ones that if you have only those ones and they go away you're fucked but if you have 40 or 50 smaller businesses that are all supporting you. If you lose five or 10 of those, which we don't, but if you do, you're fine. Yes. Your business still thrives. Yes. So we charge those people less and get a bigger market of advertisement. And so we have a, a much better way, a uh, uh, much more leeway to getting screwed and, and not making any money basically. But I feel like you had your business plan as well. You have your idea that way you want to do it. So that's the way you're going to stick with it. Correct. Yeah. Like, no. you know what I'm saying? We're, like we're, we're, we're here for the fleet again. I work for the fleet. <laughs> I work for the sport fishing fleet, which is, I mean, it's a, it's a, uh, I guess it's kind of a, a rare thing these days maybe a little bit that the way you you run your your deal absolutely i'm an anomaly because it's hard to it's hard to go i don't want to try to be too inside talk you know like bullshit but with advertisements you like i'm just saying with what i'm doing so it's hard to like know the route you want to go you know what i'm saying like let's make a deal <laughs> that's the route I okay you got to go to an advertiser and and have an open mind you might not get the amount of money that you want for your product. Yeah. But 
you can change that once you solidify your market of advertisers. You can slowly, and you don't want to rape them, so you might bump them up just a yeah, little bit and get course. fair value. But yeah, you know, you just go in there and say, "Let's make a deal." What I know you want to be on my platform. How can we make this happen? What can you afford? And there's going to be those guys that just want to pay cash. You yeah. have a plain cash. Yeah. Then there's those guys that. You know, hey, shit, if I'm hitting up an advertiser for a sport boat in February, <laughs> this, this son of a bitch just put out 300000 for boat work and stuff like that. He doesn't want to send me a check. Yeah. So I say, hey, you know what? Let's do a trade out. Give me a trip. A trip of this denomination. I'll sell the spots. It's worth more than my cash price. So for my risk, I'm going to benefit a little bit yes. better in a perfect world. It doesn't always work out that way. <laughs> but that's the overall objective. So, you know, hey, you can't do this. Let's do this. Let's get you on the platform. Let me show you what, what it'll do for you. Next year, I'm going to want the real deal. And, you're, and this isn't just hitting on what we're talking. This could be hitting on your YouTube, your Pretty Instagram, much whatever. Absolutely. Now, you've seen even – I mean, you've seen – you've probably been involved in a lot of clothing companies and shit. Like just giving people – people uh information because you're like hey that's a hard one man to stick around i think feel like fishworks has done a pretty good job of sticking fishworks around. has done a good job booyah still hanging on out there somewhere yeah um but they've yeah. been around since when booyah uh, early 2000s easy i feel like my sister worked with them at <clears throat> she worked at the norwalk psych uh hospital yeah so my sister <laughs> knows you're talking about mike ramiro yeah my sister yeah. my romulation sister. I miss that guy. He's not around anymore no, in the fishing really? industry. Oh, his his partner Kevin, uh, who owned an embroidery company, uh, it was a good fit because Mike was definitely a, a limelight sort of guy and very personable, and got into many different things, including Ultimate Fighting. So, oh no, and, way. And, and that's kind of you know you're talking about it when you get into a small niche industry like this, and you say. I want to open up clothing manufacturer and I'm going to spend this amount of money. You really have to think, well, what's my reach going to be and how am I going to sell all those units to make my money back or so on and so forth. And it's fucking tough. I've seen just tremendous amount of people lose their ass, whether it be in other websites like all coast or it could be in intangible products like, you know, fishing shirts or Fuck, rods and reels. Yeah. I mean, uh, what's uh, the, the, Rod manufacturer that just went out of business. Cousins. cousins. I'm a perfect example. I got a lifetime member. I got a lifetime warranty on this cousins rod. But how long is cousins hey, going to be in you business? You want to hear a story? Well, cousins. I broke two fucking rods right before they went out of business, and I'm like, <laughs> "Fuck me!" <dude."> <laughs> <laughs> and it was my fault where I broke. I backed my boat in, and they're sticking up and sure, broke them off. Sure. But it was you're right because I bought a whole set. Yeah. When I first got into calico fishing, I'm looking, and Evan Salve closed me, so I fucking bought a whole set. And this was like four years, five years ago, you know? So I bought the set, and then they go out of business, and I go, I broke two. And then I broke one on a, on a Calico. And I'm like, I'm fucked now. I got to sell these because I'm not going to get my return. And I think what they were doing was great. Um, yeah. From my perspective, they just invested way too much money. Um, there's a thin line where you are going to invest the startup funds, and you have to, you know, same thing in stocks or cryptocurrency or anything you invest in. Are you, you're, you're, you're gambling. So put in a certain amount of money, and then if you can make it work, take some money out, your original investment, and then play off what you can get. 
um, and try to build it into something bigger. But if you go in and just start spending millions of dollars and tooling up and then you don't have a market for your product or you only have a smaller market and you didn't anticipate that smaller market, you thought it was going to be fucking huge, you're fucked. Yeah. Especially the shirt companies. I mean, I could see that's like an easy one to go. Hey, let me let me try this bait companies. Maybe not so much on the salt water, but fresh water. It's like swim bait. Everyone, their mom's making swim baits. Right. Yeah, them. I'll pour them in my garage. Dude, and they it's unbelievable how much some of these guys make. They they make a living. Like, they don't work anymore, dude, off of these swim baits they make. It's crazy. You who's, know what I'm saying? Who's the, the little mini jig manufacturer? I can't remember his name. From uh, whereabouts? Uh, Santa Ana River Lakes kid. Not Trout King, right? No, no, that's it's, a, it's the original one before all those guys came along. Really? <clears throat> I yeah, don't know. I, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's it's thinking of, uh, I mean, like you, you thought outside the box when you started this whole company. I just didn't yeah. follow anybody's rules and did what I thought I would want as a fisherman. And, and that, you're you're, and that you're, you're hitting great. on something that a lot of guys hit on, and I've heard guys that are very successful, like Black Dog Baits. They say one thing. They say, be original. Yeah, just do your be own original, thing. original, right? I mean, Do your own thing. Even if you got a shirt idea, be yeah. original. Do, do your own thing. Keep your head down. Work hard to achieve your goals because they're not going to just be given to you. In certain circumstances, you can get lucky and pull up on the spot and catch a limited bass yeah. or whatever. But in business and everything else, you can get lucky. But the reality is, is that it takes 14 hours a day, 365 days a year, for 20 years to get to some position like I am in right now. Yeah. It's taking two decades. Do you have anything else like you're planning with the site or are you just kind of keeping your head down and just grinding on this? Do you want to expand it to something different? Yeah. Uh, I see how many people are in the sport boats pockets. How I don't think people, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't think people understand really how much it costs to run a sport boat. And they complain about the prices. And don't get me wrong, I think the prices are high, but I understand inflation and all kinds COVID. of other, COVID's all been other a big bullshit. One, dude. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Reduced loads because of COVID. But, you know, you still have to go into business and, and make it happen. So these guys have so many fucking hands in their pockets the city, the state, the port, the landings. Guys like me advertising people. <laughs> I mean, we're all trying to pick their pocket for their money. Yeah. So realistically, you know, they're 45% of the money they left over. So then, you know, if they're running with 12 to 15, they're not really making money or losing money on specific yeah. trips. So it's tough. This year is going to be extraordinarily tough because I think a lot of the, there's still a lot of free money coming into the economy from the government and whatnot, but a lot of that's dried up. And fishing has definitely turned from a trophy fisherman situation to normal guys like me that just love to go fishing that are going to go fishing regardless of the situation. Yeah. So, and and I, I'm a fisherman where, like, oh, Terrence, are you going to go bluefin tuna fishing this weekend? And I'm like, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> I got too much bluefin tuna in my refrigerator already. I don't want to eat. Um you don't have that. You don't go fishing for like a fun fish that you like to just fish for. We're not going to target any fish. I'm a hunter and a fisherman from the purest nature of the form. Okay. I'm going to go out, try to harvest my own food. I'm going to take advantage of whatever opportunity presents itself. 
if I go over to SBI, I'm going to look around for yellowtail because that's the what I, what I like to eat. But if I don't find that, I'm going to go set up on my sheephead spots. I'm going to go set up on my rockfish spots. I'm going to have just as much fun and entertainment and sleep just as good that fucking night in my bed catching that as I would any other species. Yeah. It's a mindset. I've seen people like get off the boat. Oh, I didn't get this. Wait, <laughs> you got a full bag of fucking fish. You had a physical exercise. You exercised your Fuck, brain. Dude. And you're complaining. I... What about it in your nature does not let you be happy is my question to these, those people. But so, uh, you know, these guys right now specifically are having trouble because it's cooler up in our ne- in L.A. Orange yeah. County area. They're not catching yellows like they might typically catch. And so they're having hard times getting out during the week. And monetary price is a, a factor. And, you know, they, they're going to have to adjust their business, I think, this year. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. That's a that's a hard one. Because I've taught like even listening to Marklin, I'm like, you know, I I don't think I mind paying more money for less people. Like I don't mind it being forty bucks more for me. Right. And be but uh, I, like I'm with you said, you. but I have the money. I'm with someone you. else might right. not have that fucking money. Right. If there was a way to make that work and I and it's not I'm just giving you an example. Right. I'm pointing at yeah, anyone. No, I'm no. just saying like to me, I'm like, okay, would I mind paying this amount of money more? But like you said, then I think back and I go, well, fuck, well I what was the term you were using? Big dick big something? Dickin'. Big dick. Big dickin'. Okay, we have a ton of fucking big dickin' fucking <laughs> anglers right now. I don't got none of no problem against you big dickin' guys, okay? You want to go big dickin', that's, that's cool. Trophy hunting's, we make plenty of money off of it. I don't have any problem yeah. with it. Um, but that's that doesn't reach my core you're the fleet. You're the fleet. Yeah, the, no, I, I, I would like to see you go out there and patronize a boat just to go patronize a boat and get away from the computer or whatever your daily chores are. Yeah, it's going to give you a fresher mindset when you do go back to work, and you're going to feel good. And if you can accept the fact that you might have only caught an eight-inch little red snapper on a three-quarter-day boat. I'm going to accept it because I'm going to scale that thing. I'm going to cut horizontal lines and throw it on the barbecue. It's delicious. <laughs> and that's where maybe you're, you have a different mindset. Like I go out and I'll go fish the wall at night in my boat and I don't keep anything. I just throw it all back because I just love calico fishing. Right. That's my thing. Yeah. You know, it's like I love bass fishing. You're getting yeah. endorphins. Yes. Like when I get, I just like that. <laughs> yeah, tug, every time, man. every time that little tug happens, your brain just sets down endorphins yep. to, to some people. And they've done studies at, at Facebook works exactly the same. So, you know, these big dickin' guys out there with all their live likes and their endorphins. Hey, you put that down. picture with that big bass or big fish, man. That's like taking a, you know, a big old shot of something. Or Yeah, they, they you know, it is what it is. Well, that's, dude, that's, thank you for coming on, dude. This has been a fucking yeah. super fun podcast. Um, where can they reach you yeah. at, at all your platforms yep. of everything? 976tuner.com and uh, like you said kind of digressing we are kind of moving into another realm we, we have virtual landing now where all the information uh, that we collect on 976tuner is also located okay and uh, we're working with a couple different landings and a few different boats where we're going to aggregate their trips to have one platform to go ahead and, and book at and oh, all, so easy, all your man. transactions and everything is all listed there so if you wanted to go back and and figure out what you bought and all that good stuff. Um, and then par- a portion of that is uh, 
we're trying to work on a multi-vendor tackle store right now so that when we're listing say marklin say he's going to be the jeff marklin <laughs> you're going to be the topic of conversation so when we're listing jeff and he's you know got 20 yellows and 30 bass and whatnot when bass is there you'll be able to highlight over bass or hover over bass and get some different options like these are the bass statistics oh, fuck, dude. That's uh, click awesome, here man. or if you want gear to fish bass we'll have specifically targeted saltwater gear to to target that specific species, whatever be like yellowtail. A Phoenix rod, an M1's a great rod to use. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. What a shitty product placement this guy just did. <laughs> you gotta sneak it in the body of content. <laughs> no, but I mean I think that that's a game changer to me. That's really cool. Like yeah. because yeah, there's times when I, I don't I don't rock fish much. Right. I have to call a buddy. Then I have to get my balls busted by the guy going, Hey fucking dickhead. Right. Well instead I can just go to the site, hover yeah. over it. Hey, we're using this, this, and this. Cool, you know. Right. That's a great idea. So great that's idea. hopefully coming up here before the end of the season, but we get busy, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, nine seven six tuna dot com. That's a. Do you have social media like all the? We do. We're on Facebook. We have a Facebook group, okay. and we have, uh, you know, Instagram accounts okay. and all that stuff. And cool. and again, we try to use those platforms to push people back to, to your, us yes the original source and we don't put everything on there just so that we're not putting all our information out there because like you know you put something on facebook and then all of a sudden one of your competitors has it on their <laughs> website that's very possible <laughs> <laughs> well thanks again man for coming down take your time out to come on the podcast and uh, appreciate it dude thanks nick i appreciate it